Continuous improvement comes in lots of different flavors and styles. I'm Bella Engelbach, and I'm inviting you to journey with me to the edges of lean. Episode 98, Continuous Improvement and Staying Focused with Stephanie Oliver. An important principle of lean thinking is one-piece flow. One way of looking at that is to focus on finishing what you start before you take on other tasks, whether that's building a car in a factory or managing paperwork or cooking dinner. But our lives constantly call us to multitask and take on more than we can possibly complete. And as a result, we get overwhelmed. Lean coach Stephanie Oliver has been studying how to overcome that feeling of overwhelm in our lives, and she has written a book to help us all. Stephanie Oliver, welcome to the Edges of Lean. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, what a pleasure to have you here today. Uh, I know you've just come back from a big trip, and I want to hear a little bit about that. But before you get into that, I love to have you tell everybody a little bit about yourself what you do and about your pathway to doing what you do today sounds good thank you Bella well my name is Stephanie Oliver I am a lean management coach at Statistics Canada so our national statistical agency here in Canada and I'm also growing my business as a wellness and optimization coach to help people beat the overwhelm and get into a good flow in their day-to-day. So flow is something we talk about a lot in Lean, and you're yes. talking about it in people's personal lives. How how did you get into that? Is that is that something that was a parallel path with your work? Does it come out of your, your career? Tell me about that. I, well, I think it definitely all stems from Lean. Yeah. <laughs> um, back in 2016, when I came back from my first maternity leave, I took uh, my first ever lean training course. So it was an introduction to lean for government. And that's when I started being more familiar with the concepts of flow and just lean in general. And I was immediately captured and mesmerized by the power of lean thinking, not just in our work setting, but in our day to day, because those lessons are just so transferable into everything that we do. So as I endeavored to become a full-time lean coach, which I eventually, you know, did lots of training and reading and application and experience and everything and became a full-time lean coach in in the, my organization back in 2019, then I started, you know, applying these notions not just in the work setting but at home and helping others do the same in order to get to this better flow of our day, which is really all about the energy that goes through, you know, we talk about the energy going through our processes and making sure that there are no obstacles to to that happening and creating the value. And I see it very much the same way with our day-to-day as we have, you know, we are basically the energy flowing through our day-to-day and some things come to create obstacles and interrupt that flow and other things can really help to fuel that energy so that we can create the highest value possible. You're really in that position right now of being being a working mom with a business um, and 
uh, you know, so you are certainly in that place where being overwhelmed is just, I think most of us would say, well, of course you're going to be overwhelmed, right? It's going to be so much. There's going to be, you know, spouse, kids, school, work, health. I mean, so many things that can, that can interrupt that, that flow. Yes. So can you give us an example from, if you're willing to, from your own life, you know, just, just make it real for us. Oh yeah, definitely. And, and I would say even to add to that, Liz, with a baby on the way, and I'm not only a coach at work, I'm also a leader. So I manage a team. So yeah, there's a lot of things pulling at my energy and, and my attention and my focus. And so one of the things that I really make sure to to do is to set limits around some specific things in order to ensure that the right things are flowing well. And this is what my new ebook is all about. It's about setting limits on four specific key elements in order to what I call stay focused. So it's the mixture of flow and focus in order to help you bring your best self to every area of your life. And so as a concrete example, I mean, I really need some quiet time, (laughs) as you can imagine, with all of these people and things demanding my energy. And uh, one of the things that I really ensure I do is to bookend my days. So I have my morning power time that I call and my evening peaceful time, which can vary from sometimes five minutes to half an hour or an hour, depending on, you know, the the day. But usually a good 15, 20 minutes is is enough for me or maybe a little bit more in the morning um, just to set my day, ground my day really nicely and get into that flow because I've noticed few years ago, especially like pre-pandemic or, you know, early pandemic, where um, if I didn't get that time, I was miserable <laughs> all day. And not only that, I was making others miserable. And I didn't have the energy to respond in a kind way to my daughter or to my husband too. So it really helps me to ground, you know, my intention for the day. I mean, I do Bible studies, so I I do that. I pray, I meditate, I do some stretches. And this really helps me ground the day in a nice intention. And the days that for whatever reason, it it doesn't happen, which are rare now, because I have such a good, good, good uh, routine. um, I can feel it, I can feel it, the overwhelm comes up very much more easily. And so yeah, and it's all to me, it's all about setting limits around everything else. So meaning, I'm not going to look at my phone, you know, to see who emailed me, who messaged me on this social media or that. I'm not going to go downstairs and start, you know, putting lunches together. I'm literally going to go to my spot in my bedroom before anything else. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's the first thing that will start my day. So that's that requires setting limits on yourself or, or creating creating that opportunity for yourself, right? And yeah. Not not having the phone there, not um, mm-hmm. not worrying about the other stuff. But it seems to me that that also requires some cooperation from the rest of the family. So how, <laughs> so how and can I ask how old your daughter is? She's eight now. 
She's eight. Okay. Yes. So she's old enough to understand. She's old enough to understand. And it's funny you say that because just this morning, you know, I was, I started and her and my husband, like she had crept into bed and they were playing around. I said, okay, everybody, I'm having my quiet time. It's time to be quiet. And, you know, sometimes they both, they like to tease, you know, so they, they, they're trying to do different uh, jokes. And I'm like, do I need to leave? This is what I told them. I said, do I need to leave? <laughs> Because I will. I will leave and go do my stuff somewhere else. And they looked at me like, oh, she's serious. <laughs> and so, you know, they quieted down and and gave me that time. So, yeah. And, and oftentimes, I mean, I personally prefer to do it when everybody's still sleeping, to yeah. be honest. That is the best because then I don't have to deal with any of, of that interrupting play. And, you know, it's nice that that they're so playful and and whatnot. So I, I don't like to interrupt it. But, you know, respecting the boundary and the limit is really important. Yeah, so but and again, that's about, it's about your clarity about the boundary, right, Stephanie, yeah. but yeah. communicating it to other folks in a, in a kind way, right? Yes, that that's, a, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not about, well, I need my time and too bad for the rest of you. Yeah, and they know when I'm done, I have I have time, energy, um, I'm in a good mood. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a great model for for children as well to show that, you know, this is what this is what mom needs. And once she gets it, then she's way better able to meet your needs. That, that's great. So tell me a little bit more about this idea about the flow of energy mm-hmm. in the in the day. Um, you know, in lean, we're all you know we're talking about flow. We talk about the flow of a product or you know the flow of of something that we're working on and and how we want. You know, we talk about single piece flow. You so you're only working on one thing at a time and not trying to multitask, which mm-hmm. is such a temptation. But what does that mean for energy, Stephanie? What how does that work? Yeah, well, I was inspired by, um, I don't know if you know, France uh, Bergeron and Joanne Godet, they wrote a book called Lean Manage Work as a Flow System. And they use a definition of flow that says that flow is the energy moving through a system, which could be a process, an organization, and I'm applying it to the day to day. And it's Mm -hmm. really work is effort, right? So you're putting in effort, and it's flowing in order to get to the end product, which is the value creation. And this whole concept of managing work as a flow system, I'm thinking links directly to managing our day-to-day as a flow system. Because again, there are things that come and fuel our energy, things like good food, rest, play, um, you know, good interactions that are really positive, kindness. There's a lot of different things that come and fuel that energy. And it's pretty, I mean, there are some standards like rest and, and sleep and <laughs> good food, um, but it's pretty unique to each individual as well, right? There are some things that fuel me that may not fuel you just as much. And so knowing that is really key. And then there's also things that come in, kind of suck that energy out, right? And so identifying those things that fuel and the things that create these interruptions or really take away that energy are really key in order to be able to manage our day as a flow system. And so 
that's what I like to explore is the synergy between, okay, do I know what I need? I have a friend who through, you know, just kind of coaching her informally, she determined that what she needs is three hours outside per day. And she's a single mom of a, of a, a boy who's five years old. And, you know, she said, I need that time. Some of that time I needed alone. Some of that time I needed with my son because, you know, he needs to, to take that energy out as well. And so three hours per day. So she sets limits around everything else happening in her life in order for her to get that three hours per day. And for most people, it's like, that's a lot of time outside. I wish I could do that. But that's, that's what she needs. That's what she that's... determines she needs in order to bring her best to, you know, her family and her work and all of her other, you know, passion projects. Yeah. So, so when you're thinking about the value coming out of that system, Stephanie, what is it for you at the sort of at the end of the day? How, what makes you look back and say, "Yeah, you know, that was a that the flow my flow today generated the value." What is that value you're looking yeah, for? Yeah, for me, it links back to intention, right? What what is my intention for the day, or what is my purpose in life generally? And so, of of course, that's different for every person. Um, but for me, even from a, a personal or family oriented perspective, I mean, I want my connection with, you know, my, my kids and, and my husband to be positive, you know, to leave them feeling positive, to be kind, and to just be in that really, again, positive space. And I want to be able to live out my, my intention and my purpose of helping people create a better daily flow. So going back to that intention if i don't have the energy to do that then i can't live out that purpose for my life i can't really be there for my family in the way that they need support from from a mom from a home homemaker and all of that yeah it's it sounds like what you're saying then is that you really need to start with intention what 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 is it that you're that your your intention is what your mission is to start oh, there yeah. before 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 even diving into do I need three hours outside or do I need yes. do I need 10 minutes in the morning or, or whatever it is but what what is it that I what is the value that I am hoping to create that's it Bella you got it <laughs> it all goes back to the why <laughs> yeah 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 so so for you how do you carry this back then into into the workplace? Because um, you know that I've I always said this: the, the wonderful thing about work is people, and the thing that makes work hard is people. Yes, <laughs> so right. Yeah. So I mean, bringing it back into the workplace, if I can kind of go back to the four key elements that that I put together for the concept of staying focused, they are focus, time, space, and capacity. And really, those four key elements are applicable to every area of our lives, right? And, and especially for work, what I find, I mean, let's just take focus for an example, you mentioned one piece flow. I mean, we just try to do too many things at the same time, whether it's at work or at home, let's think about it, right? <laughs> Um, 
we do way too much. We start too many things. We don't finish them. And focusing on this idea of focus of, you know, one piece flow, doing one thing at a time, or really just focusing on the person or the the task that is in front of you. I mean, it's the ultimate um, uh, proof of respect, right? There was a Harvard study that that said that 47% of the time we are thinking about something else than we're actually doing. And I mean, that's pretty high, 47%. But at the end of the day, I'm like, yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. So now I have like these sticky notes saying 47% all around my office to remind me, especially when we're meeting with someone, that especially in a virtual world, the temptation is, oh, I'm going to just respond to that email. Or, you know, especially if it's a, a group meeting, people have their cameras off and they they start, you know, working. And to me, that that is ultimate disrespect, <laughs> right? Like if you're there, you should be there. You should be paying attention. You should be focusing and so I think about that 47% a lot. And I try to, it, it really is, it goes back to discipline, right? Discipline of being aware when your mind is wandering, when you're talking to either one person or in a group, or even working on a task, because our brains are so wired now to get that that dopamine rush, that quick hit of like, send an email quick. Okay, I, I did a task. Send another email. Okay, I did another task. Now you get that dopamine and you feel good, right? That feel go good hormone. But working heads down on a task that takes a long time is getting more and more difficult for us to do because we are starting to get conditioned to, you know, get that quick hit. So even paying attention to someone speaking in a meeting or really truly listening. Imagine you're a leader. And you're going to the Gemba, you're trying to learn from the employee, but then your mind starts wandering, oh, I have to do this task and that task, or, you know, I have to cook supper tonight, what am I going to make? And I think that's just a natural tendency for our brains, but we have to rewire, we have to really build in that discipline to refocus back to who and or what is in front of us. Because again, that to me, that's the ultimate proof of respect. I think that's something that I'd like to add to that, Stephanie, yeah. which is that everybody's brain is wired differently, right? Mm -hmm. So some people are more wired for attention than than yes. others, right? It's, it's, it is a, a spectrum, if I can use that yes. word, of people's ability to attend to what's in, in front of them. And I wonder if along, if, if it's helpful for people to also start to, experiment and understand themselves to say what is my what is my actual attention span now you can't stop thoughts from coming into your head yes. right you don't want to feel guilty about what your brain does naturally but you know how long how long am I able to do this yeah. um, and then perhaps you know design your work so you're not pushing yourself to mm -hmm. limits that are very very difficult for you but you're just finding kind of that edge and then maybe moving it out just a little bit because I know that um, yeah. you know not everybody can, not everybody can can do that immediately. Yeah, you're totally right. That's a fantastic point, and and it it it's it's great that you mentioned that because it relates to I, I set up a focus continuum in my Stay Focused ebook, and the first step is to know, 
that sounds silly, yeah. but to really know, because if you know, for example, that hour-long meetings on Teams or Zoom are too much for you to handle, then what's the limit you're going to set? Well, you're not going to do hour-long Zoom or Teams meeting, right? You're going to make sure that when you set up meetings, you set them up for a shorter period of time, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever, and that you let your team know and anyone else know this is what you can handle. Again, going back to what we were saying earlier about setting that boundary respectfully, mm -hmm. right? Because if you know this is what you can handle and any more will kind of take you over the edge, well, you want to be able to bring your best self again, to each area, right? And if you know that five meetings of an hour per day is too much <laughs> for you, then what do we need to do? Like you said, where's the threshold, right? What do we need to do? And so the first step is to know that. It's really all about knowing yourself. We are so unique and we each have unique needs. And it's so important to, to discover that. And it, it might change over time too, right? Yeah. And that's okay. You just have to, you know, keep a pulse on it. <laughs> that's great. I really, I really appreciate that. So, yeah. So, so you, you've talked about these, these four um, focus areas, these four pillars. Can you, can you dive into another one for us? Um, sure. I mean, the second, the second one. So first one was time, uh, uh, focus. The second one is time. And we've talked a little bit about, about uh -huh. time. Um, and for me, there, there's, sort of a part of the knowing and the discovering is knowing what's what's your energy level like throughout the day oh yeah right yeah. how does it fluctuate um do i seem to have more energy and focus and attention in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening right so then the harder tasks perhaps you know you you focus them on the areas where you have a bit more energy and then you bring in the layer of motivation because that's also, <laughs> uh -huh. you know, there might be some times throughout the day where you have more motivation than others. And again, depending on the type of task as well. And I think about, you know, cooking and cleaning, you know, I mean, we don't always have the motivation to do those things. So can time like a different time throughout the day help with that? Um, and uh yeah, I, I often say that time is the most precious currency that we have. So to really be able to set limits around our time so that, again, our time is going to where it needs to go. You know, I often say when I coach clients in, in lean coaching, uh, focus on the right thing at the right time. Yeah, right? that that's what yeah. we we want to do. So. Um, but but again, it goes back to that knowing, right? So if if you know it. that you have fantastic energy first thing in the morning, yeah, then yeah, what can you do to have your work or your the thing that you are not crazy about happen when you've got the most energy? Exactly. And for for women, I would say especially, um, we have to cons or we should consider our monthly cycle. I mean, men have a cycle too, by the way. I don't know if you know this or the, the audience knows. They have a cycle too. It's just daily. So we don't see it as much because it, you know, hormones fluctuate throughout the day and it's not as evident. But for women, 
with our monthly cycle, there are times during the month where we have naturally more energy than others, right? So after our, our uh, usual cycle, the week after we usually have more energy. So what does that mean? What does that look like? Especially I would say for introverts, like I'm, I'm an introvert, takes a lot of energy to, you know, have social events and just uh-huh. a lot of people around and whatnot. And so once I discovered that I started planning more of, of the, the outings, let's say the week after um, my period versus, you know, before or during when I just want to like, just be in a cocoon and rest because that's what our body is, is doing. It's, you know, kind of regenerating and wanting to rest. So those are really important things to consider that we, I I feel like in general, we've lost touch of. Yeah. I think, and I think, you know, part of, part of being a woman in, in the workplace, and this, this is kind of all long past for me, but part of being a woman in the workplace is you kind of have to pretend that none of that's happening at all. Right. Right. Which is right. not so, true so apologies, <laughs> apologies to the men listening, but yeah. when we're running off to the ladies' room with a big purse, it's not because we have a lot of lipstick in there. <laughs> yeah, and and because and and if we seem low for that week, well, it's because our bodies are doing something important, you know. And, yeah, I, and I, but but don't worry, next week, next week we're gonna next be, week we're gonna be right on top next of it. Week, yeah. Yes, full yeah. of energy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Take us to another one. Um, okay, the third one is space. Ah. And so, um, I'm sure. I mean, maybe you've heard the saying "cluttered space, cluttered mind," or "cluttered home, cluttered mind." For me, when I talk about space, it's not just physical space; it's also digital space. Um, so when we talk about physical space in lean, we often go back to the five S's as a way to really, you know, provide uh, physical safety to the workplace. Now in an office work environment, it's maybe less, you know, because we coach people in the office. So it's maybe less prominent than on a, you know, shop floor in manufacturing company. But still, you want things to be organized. And and, uh, actually, when I went to Japan and some of the companies we we uh, visited, my goodness, they have 5S down packed to such a level and, and they make it super creative and fun. One of the coolest things I saw was they had a series of binders. I don't remember what was in the binders, like maybe like reference material or whatnot. Uh-huh. And they had a picture that covered basically all of the binders. And it was kind of like a puzzle. So if you take out a binder, you know where to put it back based on the picture. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, that, uh, that is so that is so much fun. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you yeah, so if you if you have a landscape, I guess, and it's it's yes. it's missing an important mountain, then yes, then you, you know, know right okay. where to stick it. You know where to stick it. And I thought there was all these different things of people using their creativity to provide a space, not just that was safe, but also fun and functional, you know? And and you're never wondering where is this supposed to go or where is that thing? 
there's systems put in place to help each other out in the office environment. So I thought that was really, really cool. Um, yeah. And then from a digital perspective, well, we spend way too much time looking for information, mm -hmm. you know, so getting organized and even 5Sing our digital world, um, I think is really, really important. And it sounds easier than it is, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it can grow very quickly in into the, the digital world. So, but that's, it's really important because we don't want to waste any precious time just looking for information um, so that we can do our work, which is uh, oftentimes a big obstacle that, that I find when people are ready to do, especially that heads down work. It's like, oh, I have all these this information to go and find and that's a big step before they can do that that heads down work but it, it's exhausting because you're you're having to look everywhere for the information yeah and yeah. it's a really interesting going to the gemba exercise to sit and watch somebody try to do that kind of yeah. work and just to see how many how many tabs did they have to open and yes when they go to three or four different team sites to find something uh -huh. are they working with a spreadsheet you know they really can't see the spreadsheet that peering yeah. at it you can learn so much yeah and you could <laughs> excuse me you could learn that about yourself too mm -hmm. definitely definitely yeah, so that's a, a little bit about the, the space, but ultimately getting organized and keeping things where they belong. This is another saying that I love is everything in its place, right? Everything has a home. And if it doesn't have a home, well, you got to make a choice. Again, we are limited on 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 space and, and maybe it feels less so from a digital perspective, but there is a limit on space in our digital world. Well, and well. It, it, yeah, well, it costs money to keep that space. And another yeah. thing that I recently became aware of from a from an environmental perspective, when you think about it, maintaining that space is really requires uh, electrical power and yep. requires electrical power generation. So everything that we're putting up into the cloud mm -hmm. is actually also impacting our environment. Mm -hmm. So uh, something additional to think about. Yeah. Yes. Like, what are we keeping and why are we keeping it? Yes, yes. Of course, all my family pictures are extremely important. And I need to keep them forever. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> all right. So that was three, Stephanie. Tell me about yeah. number four. Well, number four is capacity. Capacity. And so this is so fascinating because <laughs> capacity is, you know, that is a really important thing we often forget about when we're doing um, process flow work in, in yeah. the workplace. Yeah. And and um, it, th this is an interesting one because it also goes back to the knowing. Right. And the, the imagery that I like to use is think about a stove, your stovetop. Right. Your stovetop, usually your typical stovetop has four. Um, What's it called? Burners. Burners. Thank you. I had yeah. the French word in my head. The four <laughs> four burners. Some are smaller. Some are bigger. Right. You also have your oven. You may have two racks in your oven. Maybe three. I don't know if you got a fancy oven. Ultimately, the stove, the oven has a specific capacity. 
There is no way you can cook more pots on top of your stove than it has the space for it, unless you do, you know, one one at a time, right? But if you're doing it all at the same time, there's only so much that stove can handle, right? Our, us humans are the same way, but we forget. We forget that we have a limited capacity. And I think that I would say that society in general, you know, we kind of preach these, you know, superhero, let's do everything kind of personas. And so we aim to be these people who can do everything any any time of the day for anyone. And if I just jump to it, you know, I will, I can do it for you. But we forget to really consider what is our actual capacity from a, an individual perspective, even from a family perspective, from a team's perspective, right? I mean, every individual is different. Again, we have unique needs. We have unique capacity, right? Your stovetop may have six burners and that's what you can handle. And that's great. You know, as long as you never go over those six burners and me, if I have four, even three, that's actually okay too. This is who I am. And so finding that sweet spot and balance between knowing the capacity and not overdoing it based on, again, the other the other elements as well when it comes to focus and time and space, um, you know, being able to know what your your capacity, what your capability is, how much can you actually handle is really, really, really important. Right. Because the minute you go over, and we know this from working on mm-hmm. on, uh, on workflow in the workplace, the minute you go over, you start to create problems that actually start to compound yes. upon themselves. And it's very difficult to get back to that level flow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Wow. So focus, let me see, mm-hmm. okay, I got this right. So yeah. focus, time, um, capacity, and Stephanie? Space. Focus, <laughs> space, space, focus, time, capacity, and space. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> Super. Wow. Wow. And can you just quickly, you just came back from a, a trip with Katie Anderson yes. to Japan, and I'm sure you could talk about that for about a week definitely have you had time to think about like what's your one big takeaway from that trip oh my goodness there's there's just so many and I've been trying to just still digest you know digest everything everything that we saw everything that we experienced all the conversations and I think the the richness is not just in you know, being there in Japan, being able to see it for ourselves and all the presentations from amazing leaders that were shared, but it's also the connections created with the other participants and their insights in terms of how they're experiencing, you know, the same experience, but from their perspective, Uh uh there's so much richness there. And um, one of my favorite quotes that just keeps replaying in my mind is from um, Dr. Oh, now I'm going to get his name. Um, give me two seconds. He was he was um, a doctor at. Um, oh, now I'm getting super baby brain. 
there's a Red Cross hospital where he did a lot of amazing work. And uh, he said that anyone can be a great leader if you're studious. And that just has been on my mind since then. And I would love to explore with him what like what exactly he meant by studious. And I've been thinking about that word a lot, especially in the leadership coaching that I do mm-hmm. and encouraging up- upcoming leaders that you can be a leader. It's, you know, there's this, this concept of, are you a natural born leader or can it be learned? And I think that, I think it's both, you know, there are some people who are naturally born leaders and those who and then need to keep up with the skills, you know, and then those who who really have to put in more effort to learning it. And so for me, when he said that, I was thinking about that. I was thinking about um, if you want to be a leader and be effective, you have to be serious about sort of the craft of leadership. And that mm. includes, you know, going to the Gemba, having those solid practices, making work visible, talking about or creating a safe space to talk about problems, listening to people, showing them that you care. You know, we had amazing presentations by Mr. Isao Yoshino, who uh, was a 40-year manager at Toyota. And just all all of the things that he shared was like, ultimately, if you want to be a leader, you have to be serious. And when I think about that and you know, the whole concept of staying focused and the four key elements, to me, it just links beautifully because as a leader supporting your team, you have to be able to set limits on everything that's not essential, everything that's trying to distract away from the purpose, the true intention of, you know, your company, your team, your raison d'être, as we would say in French, and really help people flow that value help those value creators flow that value so so much so much so much to say so much to share it was an incredible experience i highly recommend it to anyone who's considering it to to go you know on a japan study tour with katie anderson and it's not just learning about lean but it's also the the impacts of the japanese culture as well like i learned so much wow Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Just that little taste. I, I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Stephanie, how can people find your book? All right. Well, my new ebook is available at go.stephanieoliver.com. So I will spell it out because my parents were very creative when I was born and they wrote my name differently than most. So it's go.stephanyoliver.com. And people can also check out my website, which is just stephanieoliver.com. We didn't get a chance to talk about my cookbook, but that was a while ago now. And that was the other thing about the Japan trip was 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 all of your posts about what you ate because yeah. that was that was fantastic too. I was like, uh, just yes. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, St- uh, Stephanie and the amazing um, food uh, that she cooks and the, the healthy way she thinks about food is is a is a whole other thing for for people who don't know how to explore. Yeah, so, definitely. So yeah, so yeah, check all that out. So Stephanie, what is your one piece of advice to a young person studying out? Well, you know, we've I feel like we've talked a lot about um knowing, knowing yeah. 
your limits, knowing yourself. And I mean, looking back, I mean, this has been part of my journey of discovering all of that. And I also wish sometimes I knew myself a little bit better when I was 20, early 20s, especially. Um, I, I got into a few moments of my life where I got really overwhelmed, like so close to burning out, if not actually burning out and just being in denial about it. Uh, so going back on those lessons and thinking, oh, if I, if only I had known what I needed, right, and put the discipline in place to allow myself and give myself permission and grace to actually take that. Um, I think that's really important. And again, it's not necessarily to shut out everyone else or to to, you know, set limits in a way that's like, well, I'm not going to do that for you. It's more like these are the things that I need in order for me to have wellness in my life, to be focused and to live out that purpose. So knowing yourself and having the discipline and the grace and the kindness towards yourself to actually follow through with those um, those boundaries around the needs that you have, I think is really important. So knowing yourself and yes. that it's a constant journey and as you said earlier you're going to change throughout your life so mm-hmm. it's it's, it's got to be I think about continuing to relearn about yourself yeah and and then you get into the whole PDCA cycle right yeah like, which we love <laughs> yeah experiment your way through you know improvement in order to get there and continuously be aware of how is that changing over time like I have a baby coming that might change. I might need more than 20 minutes in the morning, you know, <laughs> and it might be a little harder to get. But... Yeah. 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 But everyone's got to be on board to help me get it because I will make yeah, uh, yeah. everyone happier. <laughs> oh, well, Stephanie, thank you so much. I've so, really enjoyed this conversation and wish you all the best with the baby and uh, look forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Have a blessed day. This is Bella Engelbach and I'd like to thank Stephanie Oliver for being my guest at the Edges of Lean. What did you learn from this conversation? What ideas did it spark? We would love to hear from you. Find Stephanie at stephanieoliver.com or on LinkedIn and find her book at go.stephanieoliver.com backslash stay focused ebook find me on linkedin at leanforhumans.com or comment wherever you watch or listen and check out my friends in the lean communicators community at leancommunicators.com where you'll find lots of great new content every week the edges of lean is written and produced by bella engelbach with support from podcast inc this is a lean for humans production